Hello and welcome, it's me, Rodney Cyrus, with you back with you one more time. It's a on and off the pitch sporting spot podcast. I can get the words out. Uh, on a Sunday, uh, and before the intro, you might have heard Jessica talking about her makeup, but you know, she was complaining. And just if you did get that, if you did, if you did catch those, those, those little nuggets, those are the unedited bits, the unedited. Uh, I'm joined by, I've called you Red Jess. I am. You're Red Jess. That's indeed. Be wearing red today. You're wearing red. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good. I'm, I'm so glad that you're very well. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about the return of the king, Joshua King, coming back to Old Trafford to steal three points from the baggy bottom or soggy bottom of Bournemouth. The windy weather disturbed Ollie's equilibrium after a number of wins away. Manchester United fall back into the normal routine and fail to get the points. What are we going to say about that? We're also going to touch on uh, the other results and there might be the odd mention of VAR and of course there might be some laughter because we're not going to be too serious about everything. We're going to, we're going to kind of tone it down a notch but still talk about the things we need to talk about. So, um, Jessica, obviously, uh, the game was yesterday. Uh, Manchester United were on the road, uh, feeling jubilant, feeling upbeat, feeling confident that they were going to roll into this little seaside village down there and take all three points. But I think the weather had a lot to do with it. But that's just me. From where you were in Canada and what you saw for yourself, did you expect any different and is it really that bad? I don't think it's really that bad because I think we are where we are. <clears throat> I think it's a reflection on the team. I think they just look really tired and really exhausted and just I saw some frustration at points and they just didn't seem to, it was, you know, and you have just a bad day and oh. it seemed to be a bad day yeah. for whatever reason. And I do think I mean, I think we talked before, but I think the team, there's not enough ability to rotate. We can say put the young kids in, young kids in, and then, of course, when the young kids play and they're not so good, then they scream, don't put the young kids in. But I think he's got a real issue on his hands in terms of the depth of the squad. Yeah. Yeah, I and look at the games we have coming up. Well, I mean... I'm sure people were playing with injuries. If they were injured going into the game, there's no way... I mean, if they're carrying even a little knock as a physio in my past life, um, <clears throat> to play that quickly after, it's, it's not easy. It, it's not, it, you know something, first thing, um, footballers always have knocks. Anyone who's playing sport, any contact sport, there's going to be a knock, there's going to be um, moments in the game where you're feeling, you know, you don't have uh, 100%. It's just, just one of those things. But also, when you're on a winning streak, you don't have injuries. When a team yeah. is winning... Yeah, I'll be honest. When, when a team is winning and they've won two, three, four, three or four games on the bounce, no one is injured. No one ever gets injured at all. No one gets injured. I'm going to say a quick hello to Pankaj. Um, how's it going, mate? He says, Pankaj, it's going well. It's a long time since we've seen you. Hope you're well. If you've got any questions, Pankaj, do throw them in. We're talking about... Obviously, uh, the the result yesterday and all of the other football results this weekend and other things to do. Um, in terms of the depth of the squad for Ole, there's there's a sense of frustration with you can get from him after the the, the result, but also, you know, he's he has done his level best to talk up um, a dressing room to talk up the fortunes of the club, to talk up the destination that the club are travelling. He's, he's talked it up really well. You know, what we call a company man. You know, every day, despite whether it's raining and cloudy, he talks up the sunset. You know, he really does bring kind of things to life. But you can only do that so long. You can only do that so many times. You know, it's like the magician that uses the same trick over and over again. And I think from the team's performance... Um, yesterday and not to say that it was a bad one it wasn't you know we're not talking about West Ham away last season you know we're not talking Newcastle 
you know, I think the elements were were to to you know had their part to play um, yesterday, um, but they just they just didn't take their chances. So you know, in terms of the opposition, uh, everyone knows that Bournemouth um, play really good football. They play football in a way that's you know on the floor. They pass it to feet. They build. They have a you know they've got two really good strikers. They hold up the play. They bring in midfield, uh, interlink with their wide players. And then they, they create chances in and around the box. That's what they do. And, um, you know, Manchester United started well. They tried, you know, their usual um, up and atom approach, that quick tempo to release James, release Rashford down the channels. Um, but nothing really for me stuck with uh, Martial up front as a number nine. I, I don't believe he enjoys playing with his back to goal. He wants to drop deep and get involved. Um, so... In, in essence, he isn't a number nine that you're going to say he's going to stay there. He's not a Jamie Vardy who got a goal today. He's going to hang on the shoulder of the centre-back and wait for the ball to come through and run onto it. He's not going to do that. He's never been his game to do that. You know, so when we, when we look around the league and you see other strikers scoring goals and you, you look at the, the reality that is happening in terms of Manchester United's play, their style of play, the amount of shots they've had, Within a game, within any any given game, um, the amount of shots they have had in the season and the amount of attempts that actually hit the target, um, you have to actually look at what's happening with the team. There isn't enough experience. We're not talking about just experience in depth. We're talking about experience of those that are first team players. We're talking about there isn't enough experience for um, Rashford. He doesn't have enough experience. You know, we're not expecting. Um, I, I, I mean, we've said this, we have talked about this before. Um, I don't see uh, Marcus Rashford getting 15, and, and, and I say this again, and we've said it as well, league goals. And I know everyone talks about, oh, he's got so many goals in the league and he's got, you know, he scored seven for Manchester United. League goals are the most key things. Because those the, the league goals are the ones that push you up the league. And um, Manchester United are not at the top Right now, they're mid-table. And, and, and I have to be honest, considering the results that happened today, Spurs drawing with Everton, that helps Manchester United because no one's, pull, no one's pulled away. No one's pulled away and, and, and actually created a, a bigger gap than, than there already is. You know, So there is that. Um, I can see Pankaj is um, throwing in some comments. He said... Uh, uh, Rodney, players of Rashford's age are already world-class like Mbappe. Mbappe, um, Pankaj, thanks for that, is a freak. You know, no, no, not every 17 or 18-year-old is going to be an Mbappe. They're not. It is, it's, it is virtually impossible for you to get that kind of level of um, experience and ability from every 17 or 18-year-old. It's just impossible. And if that were, if that were true then um, uh, Greenwood would already be a first-team pick. He would bypass, he would leapfrog uh, both Martial and Rashford in terms of being the natural number nine. But he isn't. Everyone talks him up and says that he's a natural finisher. Um, Ole has said that he's the best finisher in the club, despite the wonder goal that Marcus Rashford scored in the week. Um, but the realities are that that Manchester United have a very difficult, we'll say, difficult task ahead. It's not impossible for them to move up the league, but it's very difficult. So it's it's um, where they are right now. And obviously the questions are going to be around, is Oli suitable? We all know that um, he, would, that he was rushed into the role. As a caretaker, yeah, great. But in terms of long-term appointment, they should have waited until the end of the season. Now is in place. Everyone is talking about um, he needs to go. Uh, the club are having the worst performance. These are the same people that hung Jose. These are the same fanaticals. Remember, fan is the root word of fanatical. Isn't that right, Jessica? Those fanatics. Uh, Crazy the, people. The loonies, as they would call them that chased out a successful manager because they didn't like the style of football. So now the football is stylish. Now it is much faster. And we have my friend, um, Charlie James, as I like to call him, Charlie. 
aka Charlie Chaplin, because he keeps falling into people. Um, <laughs> said it, not sorry. Um, <laughs> we've got, I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, Jessica, he's a good player. But we have played individuals like Daniel James and Rashford, and they're quick going forward. Pereira is now kind of getting more game time. McTominay looks like... Um, the player that everyone wants him to be. Uh, let's thank Jose for pulling him out and uh, giving him the, the actual game time that he needed to kind of develop into the player that we're currently seeing right now. And let's Jose not. still helping him, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. Do you, have you heard something? Yeah, McTominay said it himself. Whoa! Did he? I missed that one. Yeah, McTominay said it himself a couple of weeks ago that Jose is still helping him. Keeps in touch, Texas. Yep. You know when you know when a man you you know when you hear something like that you know and, and this is the funniest thing don't be surprised if Jose gets a job at another club and he tries to take him Arsenal don't don't well let's well let's say let's save the gunpowder for later on Jessica let's not <laughs> whoa a, I know that bonfire night is coming along there's a lot of people walking around looking like Guy Fawkes wearing an Arsenal shirt now let's keep it. And he'll take our little Scotty with him. <laughs> let's let, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Um, it's it's good. Imagine. Um, let's have a look at the match. I'm just imagining the YouTube videos. They'll lose their minds. Well, listen, I'd I'd lose my mind if that ever <laughs> happened. Um, in terms of the the match stats, right? So this is the the, the match stats uh, on the screen from Bournemouth shots. Uh, quite decent from both teams. Uh, Bournemouth 12, Manchester United 15. Um, it's the ones that are the, the on-target ones that get me. Four from Manchester United. Four shots on target, considering there is Martial, Rashford, Pereira and Daniel James in a, in a front line. Four. Um, possession, obviously, Manchester United edged it. Uh, and the passing... But the passes, I think I've got one S too many there, it looks like. Passes, just just like the passing. Um, they've edged it in that sense. But for me, in terms of the, the most important thing, is that Manchester United didn't score a goal. They didn't score a goal. And when you're 10th in the league, when you're 10th in the league, you need to have a plan B. You need something else that comes along and says, yeah, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to be. Um, and, and Ole's plan B is a 17-year-old kid. Now, I know I spoke some months ago about putting too much burden on the child, and he is a child. Yep. You know, he's a child. He lives at home with his mum and dad is a child. Um, and everyone was saying, you know, he, he needs to get the experience. Well, we said the same thing about Scott McTominay and all of those, and yet he's coming into fruition. And Scott McTominay, it's taken him some time. It's taken him some time to develop into the player that we're beginning to see, who seems to be controlling the game. He's trying to you know, have an influence in midfield. So that's great. But it's going to be some time before the, 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 we see those kind of game input from players like Williams and Greenwood because they, they, they still haven't developed yet. Um, no one knows what's happened to Chong. No one knows what's happened to Gomez in terms of this youth development and youth. They seem to have been pushed to the side and back into the academy because maybe they just don't fit the physical aspect of the Premier League. It's, it might be too demanding for them. Um, Manchester United, 10th in the league. Games won three. Drawn four. Games lost four. 13 goals scored. 13. Do you know, you, you have to ask yourself, in all honesty, when everyone talks up and they say, and I'll say this openly, we talked up Marshall and said he'd be a future Ballon d'Or, not as a goal scorer, not as a not as a 15 goal a season, league goal a season goal scorer. Manchester United right now, with the firepower that they have, have scored 13 goals. 13. That's, that, that is not a lot at all. Um... Pankaj says, um, uh, Marshall hasn't really scored more than 10 goals under, he didn't score more than 10 goals under Van Gaal. Why do our players get so many injuries? I don't get, especially our attackers. Um, 
And he also is, makes the point that we are 10 points behind Leicester, who are third. Who are third in, in the league. Leicester. We've talked... I mean, where do you where do you see us going, Jessica? Where do you see Manchester United ending up? I, well, I said eighth at the beginning of the season, and I do think they'll be in and around that. So there's um, scope for improvement then from from tenth. I think there is. I okay. think I think there is. I think yesterday, I felt like they shut down Dan James quite effectively. Um, and if they're going to keep keep using that part of the pitch that he is going to get shut down and of course he flies off everybody that comes near him so that doesn't help matters either um but i think i just don't think we have the depth and if they don't buy someone soon in the in the january window i think they're going to struggle because i don't think can't you know, when you listen to Neville and, and all these guys, they talk about the class of 92 and all that time at that point. They all talk about the fact that they were very, very, very experienced players playing that helped guide them. We don't have that right now. You can, I mean, you can consider Rashford and even Martial in some ways that they have not had the experience and the guidance and the, the, the whole team has been so this manager, that manager, this manager, that manager, this way of playing, that way, I don't like you playing, I don't want you here. Um, I think the thing that Ole has achieved, in my opinion, quite successfully, is that he has kind of brought that team together and they are trying to play for him, which I don't think we've seen under another manager for quite a while. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think what's, what's key to that is the fact that he's moved on Sanchez, he's moved on Lukaku. Yes. Um, and Pogba has a long-term injury. Thank God. Um, well, I mean, you could thank God if you like, but I'm just saying he has a long-term injury, which was meant to be a week, then it was two weeks, then it's you know, then the end of December, which will bring him back. And I did say this to you that we probably know. see him return in time for the January transfer window. Yep. You know, so you know, you're talking about half a season gone. I, I mean, personally, I would say that Manchester United don't need to keep looking at him as an injured player. He is not ready to be picked. He is not going to be part of their plans. He cannot be part of their um, their game their game day plans. They need to deal with what they have. Uh, they have Scott McTominay. Um, they have Pereira. Um, that James Garner obviously is getting experience coming through, but he's not finished. He's not the finished article. They have Matic there, but obviously he's been frozen out and it's likely that he will move on in January. You know that's yeah. the reality. So, you, you and know, who else do we have to bring in in that in those positions? Well, no one. Well, it's not a case about. I don't even think it's just a case about who who do you bring in and who do we have to. It has been reported that Manchester United have literally over fifty scouts. You would expect someone to find the player. Yeah. You know, if I sent fifty people out to go and find someone, at least five people will come back to me and say there is this person we've seen. We think he's, he's, he's ideal. Now, I know that there are um, stories linking Manchester United to particular players in different clubs, but obviously the, the, their fee is going to be at a particular level. Will they um, fit the brief that Manchester United are currently you know, using in terms of them being um, 21 in terms of age? Will they be able to pay a particular price? I mean, you may, Harry Maguire is, is, is the one... Um, odd one out in terms of the, the acquisition, but the, the, these are the types of players that Manchester United are looking at right now. Realistically, they're not going to challenge. So Oli, for me, I, I, it's almost kind of, you know, you, he's saying one thing, but he's not being genuine. Genuinely, from, from, from a distance, you would look at this team and say, this squad cannot challenge for top four. They will barely challenge for Europa League, this current squad. And a lot of people will say, what are you talking about? Well, you know, game by game, you're only as good as your last 90 minutes. And the reality is they lost to Bournemouth, didn't take the chances that they have, didn't create enough chances in, in midfield. Um, and, and, and for whatever reason, it didn't go for them. The flip side, when you talk about Bournemouth, a team that, have, you know, year in, year out, have been discussed as possible 
relegation fodder, they just about maintain by playing particular style of football and have a, a tight body. And it's and it took an old boy, you know, from 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 the Fergie years, from the academy, to come up with a, a, a for me a really smart finish because the control, the flick over and finish was absolutely fantastic. So there is someone who has been playing in the Premier League year in, year out, isn't necessarily given him the kudos that he should be, you know, as a striker, but he's been trusted as a striker and he scores goals. What what we need to realise is that when we talk about strikers of the highest calibre, um, your Harry Kane's, to be frank, and uh, your Kunagueros, um, you might actually put a Bamiang in there. They're scoring 15 league goals. That's what they're scoring. If they're going to score you 15 league goals. Um, Manchester United have yet to have that in their locker for quite some time. And I don't believe that is going to materialise overnight, despite Ole being a striker himself. I don't believe that these players have enough about them to bridge the gap that's currently there in terms of goals. You can talk about chances being created. We can talk about assists. We can talk about all of those things, but the reality is Manchester United just don't score enough. And if they concede, which normally happens, then they find it really difficult. And this term, you know, when they say, you know, they can't get past the low block when them teams defend deep, I would expect every team to defend deep. And let us be clear with this whole Ole thing um, in terms of the management style that he has and the way Manchester United set up. He's set up in a Jose style. People don't make, you know, you know you've got three at the back and you've got two defenders as wing-backs. That's, that's a back five. You don't have natural wing, you don't have natural wing men because you're relying on Daniel James and Rashford to do the bulk of that. So you, you've padded the defence, you've padded the midfield. That's the current Manchester United that there, there is right now. Um, and that and that is the reality of it. Is there a number 10? People say matters too old and too slow, should have been sold. He was given a contract by Mr Woodward, not Jose, so he stays. Um, same with Jones, he was given a contract extension. So all of these players that are there and not getting game time, you would say, well, if they were sold, who could come in to kind of bridge the gap? And the reality is, you know, as much as I want Ole to succeed, I did technically say the moment he was sacked was when Martial was given his long-term contract because I just thought you undermined the manager straight away by not actually allowing him to do the negotiations of a player and say, I want to be, I want to shape the club around you. You tell him this guy's not going anywhere because we think he's going to be, um, uh, I think the quote was as good as Pele. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, um, that, that that in itself. I can see uh, Rasmus is in the house. Rasmus, how are you? It's good to see you, Rasmus. Wonder what time it is over there. There's just just so much stuff. We so, finally jumped forward today. We were behind you for a few weeks. You're in time. Are you? Are, oh, don't yeah, get me started that, off on that. That clock's going backwards uh, and forwards. It's just it's it's so annoying. It's, it's just but nonsense. We it's jumped just, forward last night. It's just nonsense. Um, the results in terms of uh, other Premier League uh, clubs and how that kind of pans out for Manchester United. Obviously, uh, West Ham, I've got them all there. The West Ham to West Ham, who were on a good run of form losing to Newcastle, which is surprising. Um, Aston Villa, who kind of, uh, it looked like they were going to get three points, scary. And in Fergie time, uh, Liverpool's Mane scores the winner for them, so it keeps them on top without the, the. They have a nice cushion between themselves and Manchester City. Arsenal um, draw one all uh, with Wolves. Sheffield United uh, a really convincing three nil win over Burnley. Brighton win, you know. This I I was concerned about Brighton at some point in this season, but they you know winning again against a, a Norwich team who have been pulled into the bottom three. Manchester City, and I have that incorrectly, I have Southampton nil. Terrible. It is Manchester City uh, 2, Southampton 1, so I stand corrected there in terms of the graphic. Um, Chelsea win, uh, beating Watford 2-1. Uh, Leicester, a uh, game which took place today, Jamie Vardy again showing 
that as a striker, you don't lose it. When you're an actual number nine, you don't lose it. And they, they go to Crystal Palace, who are really difficult to beat at home. Um, and obviously, um, a, top, a top of the table clash that was. Can you believe it? Those two teams above Manchester United, how dare they? Uh, and Everton um, drawing one all with Tottenham. Again, this weekend, VAR has been at its uh, best or worst. Uh, I will say again, it isn't VAR, it isn't the technology, it is the individuals, the personnel using VAR. Some of the decisions this weekend, I have no idea what is going on. I don't think the actual officials know what they're doing. But it's it's causing more debate around aspects of the game than there should be. VAR in itself should be, uh, as I call it, a very accurate recording of what we didn't see. Review it, assess it, and make a decision. And that's as simple as that. It's, it's that simple. And where it takes so long because they're then trying to interpret and they then add their own nuances to it uh, and, and what should be an offside, which should be a foul, you know, is the referee, can we... It's it, All of those things are taking, not even something far too long, causing more doubt, causing more doubt. And, and that is, it, for me, um, the biggest problem. The technology isn't the issue. You know, the game of football is moving so quickly. There needs to be technology. It can be used. And everyone talks about, oh, we use it in rugby. They use it fine in American football. They've been using it in American football for years and they get it right. They've got so many line judges and everyone's mic'd up and they all know what the foul was and they pull it back and they start the play from there. How hard is that? Very, very simple. It's almost got to the point where you would actually want someone videoing the officials who are actually using VAR so we can see, not even so much that we see what they're doing, we actually watch the VAR officials doing the job they're meant to do so that we can see, well, why are they, do you know, because it's getting to that point, you just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Rasmus uh, is giving me the time there. What time is it here? He says it's 10.25, two hours ahead of UK time. Thanks for joining, Rasmus. Uh, Prince Nine is in the house. Uh, my thoughts on Madison and Rice. Um, well, I would say that Rice is a good player from what I've seen. He, see, he, he did really well uh, when West Ham played uh, Manchester United. I would say, obviously, he's a young player um, coming into his own in terms of developing. Is he better than Scott McTominay? Is Scott McTominay as good as Rice? I mean, who knows? I mean, some will say Rice is a better player. You know, but do we go and buy someone that's identical to Scott McTominay, to which then kind of curtails his progress? I don't know. Uh, James Madison apparently is a Manchester United fan, but I would be honest with you, even if I was a Manchester United fan and I saw Manchester United down in the doldrums, I wouldn't sign for him. I wouldn't sign for him. I don't care if they were my boyhood club. I'd be like thinking, well, you know, every player says the same thing. I want to play Champions League. I want to play Champions League. Um, Madison is good, though. Don't you think he would be good? I think Madison is a fantastic player. I think he would be really good. But, I mean, in all in all honesty, uh, Jessica, you know, imagine if you were... Not that you were... Not that you were Madison. Imagine if you were Madison's agent. Would you advise him to go to Manchester United? Maybe. Really, so you have. That's came. You, you know, no, you, you, you have. You're an agent. You guys in the chats can I be agent. agent. You're, an, I mean. you're the agent, and 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 Madison has offers from um, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, and Manchester United. Who do you say to go to? Liverpool or Man? Well, I wouldn't even say Man City now. I would say Liverpool. See, and there and there is this thing: the hatred between Manchester United fans. The reality is, you look at the player and you think, where would he fit in? You looked at it, you looked at it in the, in the football, not in terms of bias, not in terms of you want You actually said he would actually fit into that Liverpool team. And I could see it. He would fit in there. He'd probably fit in at Spurs. Would he want to go there? Who knows? But no. right now, if you, if, if, as an advisor, you would say, um, these are your options, Mr. Madison. Um, even though Manchester United are going to offer you loads of money, um, they're going to be at least four to five years behind 
everyone else. Because even though you may go there and make them a better team, the other teams are already four years ahead. So they'll, they're not going to stand still. They're not going to um, go backwards. Not. Maguire came, though. Maguire came. Obviously, Maguire came. You know, Maguire came, uh, arrived, and he's 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 done very well. But he's left the Leicester team that are in the top three. The Leicester weren't in the top three when he was playing for. So it looks from a Leicester from a Leicester City point of view, they have um, had for them value for money. They've sold a player. They already had his replacement, and they're and they're actually better off in terms of league points, goals scored, clean sheets, than they were with the guy that they sold for 85 million. How does that work out? You know, so I can get the, the love of Manchester United, but as a as a as an agent, you would look at your client and say, you know, for the best will in the world, it might not be the right time to go to that club. Um, <laughs> did Prince Niners agreed? He said, I would tell Madison to avoid Man United, uh, sad to say, he's true. Uh, Rasmus has come up with an off-topic one. He says, uh, do you think the Scousers, I believe he means Liverpool, are going to win it? it uh, to me, it is pretty much like it's, this is their year. I hope I'm wrong. And they never, ever win. And you never, ever win the league or anything else again. Personally, you know, I don't necessarily want anyone to win the league apart from Manchester United. But the reality is that Liverpool are playing good football and they are for a better word, winning ugly. They're winning like Fergie did. Yeah, they're That's winning good. ugly. There is no, and I said that Mane was, I think he scored in the 94th minute. That's Fergie time score. That's when you know that you, you know when you think we're not going to get it today and they get the win, the three points. And it means the gap between themselves and Manchester City, which means the game next weekend, Super Sunday game, is going to be, Definitely grab your popcorn and your snacks and don't move off the sofa. Uh, I don't believe I'll be talking to anyone when that game is happening uh, <laughs> at all. Well, no, well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there was a time yeah, it used to be Manchester United. We have, new, we have a new pub in Niagara Falls that's showing the game, so that I think I'll probably go down there. And Make sure it. you go down there and get some get, get some um, get some quotes. Uh, Je Jessica, you were in the chat and you said you think Liverpool are riding. The luck of this. <laughs> they are riding they are. their luck. They are. Yeah, of course they are. And why, and why, and why not? Man United, when they won the treble, they rode their luck. Yeah, why not? Why not? And why not? I think it's I think it's really good that they're riding their luck. Uh, really good. Jessica, there's something that I, I need to ask you. You know, and this is, the, you know, I went to I went to Manchester United, Liverpool, right? Yep. And, and I mean, and this has been bugging me for a while now. I went to the game. And um, there are certain songs that Manchester United fans sing that I don't sing. I don't. Because it, do, it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't, you know. And I know that a lot of fans will be like, what are you talking about? You know, and I just think, I, I can't do that kind of... There's a song they sing about murderers, and I can't do it. And, uh, I, and it's directed uh, at Liverpool, and I think these are the same people that will moan when someone says something about... Um, Munich. No, that that's not right. Um, I, I read an article about that. I don't like that at all. Uh, but it, it, what 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 took what took me off guard, and I kind of like listening. It was everyone. Really, they were all singing it, and I was like thinking, I know there's the dislike for Liverpool and that, but I was just thinking some of the things, and it was said with such force, such. Oh, the what I hate is a powerful word. But my gosh, and I was thinking, this can't be right. This, this is about Heysel Stadium, right? The, the, yeah, yeah. And I just thought... I, I, I remember, I was I was revising, this is how old I am, for, for I don't know what it was, O-levels, A-levels, something. Um, I remember being sitting in bed watching that game on, this, on my little mini TV. And um, being. I just remember, like, the man's face is engraved in my mind being suffocated. I have never forgotten it, ever. I literally can see that face. And I remember seeing his body after. And I think for anyone to sing anything about that game is disgusting. Yeah. Or anything like that. Honestly, yeah. it doesn't matter who started it, what happened. I, We all watched, like you and I would have watched it. I watched it. Yeah. I remember how well. it was. It was ridiculous. 
<coughs> However, people died, and nobody should be singing stuff like that. I, I, I mean, I am. Um, I, I, I felt embarrassed. Yeah, I don't. I agree felt with embarrassed, you. and I just, I look around thinking, I cannot believe everyone is singing this song. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just Liverpool fans that died, though. I mean, oh, come on. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, it was a little bit off topic and it was a little bit no, in terms I of think, uh, Erasmus's uh, question about Liverpool and uh, but I just I just felt to say that for me, you know, as a person of colour who goes to games and I've listened to English fans talk about the Bulgarian racists, how they've abused the black England players and then you come back to league football and then you hear more abuse. I mean, even today there was abuse to... Um, I think it was uh, this weekend actually to Balotelli he had abused he received abuse walked off and then you listen to the songs and I think sometimes football for for all of the beauty in the game for all of the magical moments that it creates for, with the players there's an element that I just for me it doesn't sit well it doesn't well, sit I, well I, I mean I think the whole Arsenal situation summarised that where uh, it's a lynch mob yeah it, it's yeah, but you know, equally, Robbie, I was um, Robbie. Robbie oh, was yeah. amazing. Robbie was absolutely amazing about that whole situation. But equally, I believe that when people go on and on about Ashley Young and about this one and that, I, I think that you can say somebody didn't have a good game, but the abuse, uh, downright abuse, yeah. is these players, and it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Scott McTominay, look at this abuse Scott McTominay got. Oh, everyone, I mean, to be honest, we're, we're, all, gui mean, we're all guilty of something. something, but I just think there is a, I don't know, there's an element, there's a base element that I think sometimes, I mean, this is a sport, and, and, it, and, it's, and, and I had a really good conversation with uh, someone from the Football Supporters Association, we were talking about women's football, and, and I, t I explained to her about that, that moment and I said, that's the bit that I don't want to see in women's football because women's football has a totally different makeup. It has a totally different um, kind of organic growth in terms of the fan base where historically the fans have sat together and actually just watched the game. Um, so, yeah, so there's the me as a, as a, as a fan... Of, of football and the supporter of Manchester United and yeah didn't sit well didn't and, and I'll have a conversation with people and say why do you sing it and, we're, and there are certain songs that I think what does that mean what yeah, what does that actually mean what, where did that come from um I don't know I don't know I don't know we've got we've gone too deep we need to lighten the mood a little bit Jessica we need to lighten the mood you know um, I'll tell you a funny story let's, let's talk yeah yeah you tell us a funny story let me start uh, talking I, I about Arsenal to... I used to go to Ars Highbury, the old Highbury, a lot because my mum worked at an accounting firm. Yeah. And Pat Jennings and Pat Rice and all those guys were clients. So we used to get these free tickets. And so we got these tickets to sit in like the Ars the upper T Arsenal area, right? Because obviously we were given these tickets. So I went to watch Manchester United in my Man United. Man United scarf and all my stuff and I was screaming and yelling and United scored and I stood up and I was probably, I don't know, 14 years old or something and I was clapping away and this man, the only abuse I ever got was like, sit down and shut up. And I went another time with my uncle and my uncle was like terrified the whole time because I had my colours on and I was like clapping for United and stuff but it was perfectly fine now I wouldn't have done we went I went to Liverpool and stood in the cop end once that wasn't very nice no <laughs> well scary. I was gonna scary. say with, with your colours on no we didn't have no colours on man we just stood there but, they, but, but we, they knew we on New Year's Day because I went with um we drove up from Surrey with um but he was a cop and usually they let us into the other end, right? We didn't have tickets for the United end, but these Scouse cops wouldn't let us in, so we had to go in the cop. <laughs> and United equalised at the tail end, and we were, like, all just standing there looking at each other. And when Liverpool scored the first time, we were all, like, clapping away. Oh, yeah, good goal. <laughs> oh. Survived to tell the story. Would Pretty you crazy though, huh? The things I did. Well, I think I mean? you're I think you're really brave. 
really. I think, uh, to be honest, and someone even today, I mean, I went to watch um, local team, Dulwich Hamlet, women to play today. As, I mean, I spoke to you, obviously, just yeah. after the game. And uh, uh, it was really good to, to watch football at that level. It's not all about the elite. I mean, sometimes it's just go, it's good to go and watch football. You know, what's on and you watch two teams going hell for leather. Um, unfortunately, the game had to be abandoned because one of the players, uh, you know, suffered an injury. And so, you know, it was good to see, in a sense, that, that the ambulance, there's a first, aid, first aider on site. The ambulance was there within minutes. Um, she was on the ground for quite some time, didn't move. Uh, and you kind of realise that at that level, they don't have all of the niceties, they're not pampered. Uh, and it brought, took me back to when I was playing football and, you know, you go and have a shower and you'd think that it was nice, piping hot shower. There was steam and it wasn't, it was just cold water. And because it, the cold water was actually colder than the air itself, it looked like hot steam and it was just a, a cold shower. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, really, 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 um, I mean, for me, a, a nice experience today, but not in terms of nice for the player but nice to watch um local football and I, I, I kind of did a short little vlog i'm hoping to, to kind of pull that together in the next few days and um while i was there i spoke to one of the eastbourne town women players who was actually injured and we talked about um football and talked about how it was for her team and they've had a number of new players and the difficulty of actually working full-time and then going to train and playing football, which means traveling away from, um, you know, living in Eastbourne, going all the way to London to play football on a Sunday afternoon means they're not going to get back until quite late. So there is that. And um, I'm going to hope I'm going to go down there again at some point and uh, hopefully uh, interview a, a couple of the players and find out what it's like for them. You know, as female players who previously were playing football on Clapham Common. Yeah. yeah, you know, the good old Clapham Common have now been uh, adopted as part of the Dulwich Hamlet family and, uh, you know, and doing really, really well. So, um, it, it, it's, you know, there are, there are bits of football that you, know, you just love and there are bits of football that you just question and think, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, before we kind of wrap things up and, and talk about the funny thing, the biggest rumour, obviously, um, uh Rumours of Jose Mourinho being linked to Arsenal. <laughs> I, do you know what? When I read that, and I'm like thinking, I've seen, I've seen some meltdowns on Arsenal. I've seen, I mean, I don't watch Arsenal fan TV. I've seen a few. You know, when you you scroll Trick through social media, and don't, well, they don't they, listen. Arsenal fans, they need to realise he's a winner. He's a winner. In fact, they've actually they've actually got a winner. In Unai Emery, I believe he's won the Europa League four times. You know, he's he's got he has more European trophies than Arsenal, so like they should just be quiet and let, let the man do his job. But there's talk of it, you know players not being happy and uh, communication issues, and I'm thinking to myself, right, okay, so we've got communication issues with a guy who's won four European trophies. Imagine if Jose turns up. You think you've got you, Arsenal fans? You think you've got you honestly think you, you're going to have communication issues? They're going to go, you, seriously? I, I, I kind of, you know, it would be fun to see um, Jose turn up, but I don't see it happening. I think his eye is firmly on the Real Madrid job. If he does uh, go back into football, you definitely want to take a club that's um, that has, has the pedigree of challenging in the league they're in and challenging in the Champions League as well. Uh, I don't see him going to Arsenal, but if he did go to Arsenal, um, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't be successful because wherever he's been, he's won a trophy. And Manchester United fans, as we are, have to realise that as much as he, his time towards the end uh, didn't end well in terms of falling out with the board and the fans turning against him, there is a European Cup there is a European trophy in the, the, the trophy room at Old Trafford, which has his name attached to it. So, you know, for me, you know, when a, a manager turns up and you win a League Cup and a European Cup, that's success. 
yeah. that success, <laughs> no matter what you think of him, because I, I honestly believe if Ole's at the club for three years, uh, if they win an FA Cup or a League Cup, that will be the best of it. You know, and yeah, some, you know, because we're already saying it's going to take three or four, or four to five transfer windows. So you're talking three years. That's his whole contract. That's the whole three years that he that he's been. So, you, what are you aiming to get within that time? A cup. Um, Prince Nine says Jose to Bayern Munich, maybe, possibly. You know, possibly. Um, I think that the Bayern Munich thing is that they're very, very careful in terms of their recruitment for managers. A lot of their former players who are, you know, World Cup winners in their own right are, are part of the, the makeup in terms of the, the backroom staff at Bayern Munich. They are very particular in terms of who they bring in. Uh, uh, I mean, they brought in Pep um, after they just won the treble, after they just won the Champions League and he spent three years uh, and he didn't win the Champions League with the players that had just won the Champions League. So it's important for, I think, for Bayern Munich to get back to a point where they're challenging in the Champions League uh, uh, every season with the money that they will invest in. Who knows where Jose is going to turn up? You know, that's going to be the biggest thing. And that could be another return of the King. King Jose, where will he go? Will he return? Yeah, of course, you know, I, I like the man. I think he's a winner. I think he's charismatic. He doesn't always get on with everyone. But I think from what, what we've seen of him as a manager, that the football world definitely, definitely um, misses him. I would love I would love to have a conversation with Jose. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, you say, who would you want to have a conversation with? He's, he's up there. He's, I think that his reign at Manchester United and the things that he said that made everyone so crazy, not you and me, but others, um, has been proven right. Well. And some. And, I mean, when you listen to him on, what is he on, whatever channel he's on. He's on, he, uh, when he's on Sky Sports. Sky Sports. Yeah. Um, he, he's pretty cool the way he talks, you know. He's, he's, he, it's really. He gets those dingers in, I'll tell you. Go on. He gets those little... <laughs> well, he, he, he's really key. He's very, very intelligent. And it, it, being in the studio, was, can you imagine? Jose, Graham Souness, Roy Keane and Gary Neville. I mean, there's enough spice in there to light, light up a whole room. You know, Graham Souness as a player, you know, he never held back. Roy Keane, he never held back. You know, Gary Neville's not holding back in his comments. And, and, and then you've got Jose, you know, who yeah. is looking at all of these former players... You know, Graham Souness, who he knows has won European trophies, you know, to, 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 to fill his whole backyard with. Roy Keane there with all of the trophies that he's won uh, for Manchester United and Gary Neville. And him as a manager, I was just looking at him thinking, yeah, but I've done it in three different clubs. Do you know, it's just, yeah. he, he can add that little bit of sauce. So it'd be, I'd be really keen to see um, where he ends up. Uh, a shame he's not a Manchester United, but yeah, I'm, I hope he does well. I'm sure he. I'm sure he will. Uh, is there anything you want to add? Because I think we've literally covered everything. Uh, I think so. We've covered everything um, in terms of I'm Manchester saying, United. I'm Ole in. You're Ole in. It, it, for me, I don't. I don't believe changing the manager at this point is going to make any difference at may, all. It makes not look. In all honesty, we're not even having that conversation about Ole in because there be it's. You, you had a number of wins on the bounce and one defeat ah, does not make ridiculous. a season. Okay, let's just kind of... Let's move on. This, you know, what next? Move on. You know, we're all adults here. They're not in the bottom three. They're not far off the top four. Points, quite close. It's a really concertinaed league in terms of league position. It's only, say, the top two who are streaking away. Uh, in terms of the the, the points, else is very yeah, up yeah, everyone's up there. I mean, Leicester are, are, are hanging in on there, and even with Arsenal's kind of like patchy one minute they win next and they don't, they're still, you know, they're in a good position. So you know, the, the, anything can happen. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely Ole in. 
you, you know, because I think I'm in it. I've, I, as I mentioned before, I'm part of the problem. I, I was one of the, the many fans. I buckled under the pressure when it was kind of like, oh, you've got to get rid of him. And people were saying, you don't know, you're a traitor to the club. And I just thought it's time for him to go for him as a, you know, for his betterment. Uh, so in, in hindsight, I wish I would have said, no, he needs to stay because, uh, you know, what needs to happen, the players that have been shifted out could have been shifted out. And you could have kept the manager. And the reality is all of the, let's say it, fanboys who were talking about Marshall FC, they probably travelled to Mars or something like that. So they, there's, you know, stuck in a petrol station and, you know, a far off planet. Again, with Pogba's, um, they're probably busy trying to buy Real Madrid shirts in case something happens in January. You would still have Jose and you might actually be challenging in the league. And when people talk exactly. about him saying this team finishing second was really good and everyone poo-pooed it and said, what are you talking about? You're being ridiculous. The reality of the matter is he was extremely accurate. He knew more than anyone else. And Manchester United now, a year on from him going more or less, are worse off. And let's, let's be honest, a year on from where he was asked to go and use it. They're, they're nowhere near where they should be or no. where we believe they could be. But the reality is they are where they are. Um, Jessica, it's been great having chat. Um, I, I need to thank Rasmus and the gang. Um, who else is there? Rasmus and Prince, thank you. And uh, Pankaj, Pankaj, that man Pankaj. You know, he always comes in with those, those hard-hitting questions, you know. Mbappe, world-class, Rashford. Uh, before we go, Jessica, Marcus Rashford's goal. Was that the best free kick you've ever seen? No. Good. And you had the final word, because I, I don't want to say anything, but I concur. It was good. It was um, very good, but it wasn't good. the best wasn't I've the ever best. seen. What about Bex? No. Well, let's just say, you know, some people are made... For, for free kicks and uh, um, Marcus Rashford is 22 he's been playing football for Manchester United and close to the first team for four years more roughly uh, that free kick was around four years in the making because you know we've seen many free kicks end up like rugby league conversions so one of them had to go in at some point so you know onward and upwards Jessica it's been great talking to you we need to do this again yep yep yeah, don't say yep, yep. You need to be available. I know what it's like being on the far side of planet Earth, but you know how it goes. Well, yeah. you know, like I said, we're gonna. I'm gonna. We have a Niagara Man United supporters club starting up, so maybe okay. I can get no. some streaming in from them too. It'll be no. kind of cool. No maybes. You get on it. I will. Good, good. All right, guys. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much, uh, and we'll see you soon. Please like, share, and subscribe. And it's me, Rodney Cyrus, signing off from On and Off the Pitch, a sporting podcast. See you later. Bye.